Morning everyone and welcome to all those who are here to listen to the podcast this morning and over the last five weeks we've been looking at the Made for Mission series and there's been a number of different topics that we've looked at. First week we had We Are Called, then the second week we had What's My Mission followed by What's My Message, followed by Who Is My Mission and why am I on mission? And this week, the final week of our series that we've been looking at, Made for Mission, we're going to entitle it, Bring Someone With You. And I just wondered, as we're looking at this, what our legacy would be at the end of our time here on earth. What have we actually done? Have we done anything? Have we done nothing? Because... God expects us to bring someone along the journey with us. And I wonder for you and for me this morning what his response would be when we stand in front of him and he says, well done, you did your job, you did exactly what I asked you to do, or maybe it would be different. And for each of us this morning, we all have to look at ourselves, examine ourselves and Let's see where we get this morning. I wonder what our epitaph would be at the end of life. What would we say? I wonder if we'd say what Hudson Taylor said. If I had a thousand lives, I'd give them all for China. He was a missionary in China who did and introduced many thousands of people to Christ. C.T. Studd said this, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. And I wonder this morning whether we've actually sacrificed anything in our journey, on our journey with Christ this morning. I want us to reflect on where you're at this morning. Where have you been? Anywhere? Nowhere? Have you brought anyone to Christ? I want us to think about that this morning. Carl F. H. Henry said this, the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. And I wonder whether we've just used the time that we have here wisely and really did the work that God expected us to do. Amy Carmichael, another great missionary, said this, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And I wonder how much we have actually give as regards to Christ on this earth in which we all have to try and live and survive. I wonder what our journey's been like. And for each and one, every one of us, it'll be different. If God's love is for anybody, anywhere, it's for everybody, everywhere. Edward Lawler said that. Another great guy who brought many people to Christ. And that's true, isn't it? That's our one aim 
on this planet of ours to bring others to Christ, to let them see that in this world there is hope. That hope can only be found in knowing Christ as your Lord and Saviour. So this morning, as we engage ourselves in a time of thinking about what God calls us to do in this life, I want you all to take just a moment, a brief few seconds, and consider what it is that we, as a community of faith, have done over the last few years together. I want you to think back to what your dreams and hopes were when we started this walk with Christ together. When we started this ministry together and think about whether or not we've met all those dreams or are there still dreams of what we can do. I know for me I've found there's many things that I still can do for Christ. I still need to do. How about you this morning? I still have many hopes and dreams in my life, in ministry, in the workplace, in the home, with friends and family. Some of those have been set aside because of other things that have become more important. Isn't that a picture of you and I this morning? Some of my hopes and dreams have been permanently set aside because of who we are as followers of Christ. And that's okay. I just want us to think about what it means to be just that. Faithful followers of Christ. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to me? Because this morning, God is calling. And he's calling on you and I to do the business for him. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because as Christians, we have a duty to listen to God. Listen to one another and follow whatever it is that God calls us to do. And for each and every one of us, it'll be totally different. Notice here that I didn't say talk or push or coerce. I said, listen, listen. A lot of us have a problem with that. But we need to stop trying to push our own agendas and start listening for what the world around us is crying. Because there are many in our society in need and many more who are too afraid to ask for help. I've seen them. I've met them. Probably serve you. But there are many right here in our own community who need assistance. And often we are so far removed and locked within our own agenda that we forget to ask the important question. The question, mind you, that Christ asked nearly everywhere he went. And we need to ask that question without the expectation that we will ever receive anything in return. See, if we want to speak loudly about God's love, then we need to find ways to be heard. And it's not easy. There are many competing voices for people to listen to. And nowadays, it's a wide choice for people. And it wasn't so long ago, certainly within living memory for me and for you out there, 
that almost everyone you knew went to church. That was for many different reasons, of course. For some, it was about faith. For others, it was the entertainment value of a good sermon. For others, it was a chance to catch up with friends and maybe a bit of gossip. All the things that motivate us today to come to church have been the motivators throughout the generations. But the big difference is that now, of course, church is not the only, or indeed, the main place to be fed in this way. If you want faith, you can download an app or listen to a podcast like you are this morning. If you want entertainment, there's Netflix on all your devices. If you want to catch up with friends, there's Facebook. But the problem with many churches is that they still act as if they're the only voice that people are listening to. But in reality, that isn't the case anymore. We're just one voice against many competing for people's time and attention. And actually, I think that's a good thing. Not least because it's forcing us to up our game and to do better in promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth is that I have to work harder on my sermons now than ever before because people can now compare the quality of my sermons, your sermons, to thousands of others they can find online. You see, we need to work harder. We need to improve the quality of our services because people can now opt to go to any type of church they want and even participate in worship online. We need to work harder to address the questions that people are actually asking rather than the ones we think they should be asking. We need to be looking at people's lives, their anxieties, their agonies, concerns and presenting the gospel in a way that speaks into their lives rather than just presenting a message that's irrelevant. Isn't that what Jesus himself did? Listen to what he said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and what did it bring? It brought healing and peace to people's lives in a way that that they really need it. And we're like that today. We live in a needy world. And as Christians, we believe that God can make a profound difference to our lives. But we simply must present that truth to people in a way that actually means something to them. Because the reality is that people who don't go to church rarely think about church or what we stand for. That's reality. The average unchurched person will think about church as often as we think about other things in life. You see, too often we think that people will turn to the church when they have a crisis in life. But to be honest, in today's society, they're more likely to download a mindfulness app or go to a yoga class the harsh truth is that for many people, the church and the Christian faith 
just seems irrelevant. And we need to do everything we can in this fast-changing world to impress on people the relevance of church, the relevance of God for their lives. That's what we need to do. That's what we're about as a church. And using social media is a key way of doing that. See, one of the things that stop churches from engaging with social media is the fear that if we put our ministry online, then people will stop coming to church. If we put sermons online or do podcasts or Bible studies, why would people bother coming to worship in the building, in our church, in any church? Surely they'll stay at home instead, and that's what's happening today. People are voting with their feet. They're deciding to stay at home. And your church is where we need to be, where they need to be. But I think that's a misguided idea for a number of reasons. Firstly, most people do not see a divide between the digital world and the real world. Either doing something online or engaging with people in real time is just not at the heart of how people make choices in life. I don't stop seeing my friends in real life just because I'm friends with them on Facebook. The real-time friendship and the Facebook friendship complement each other, but one doesn't replace the other. Secondly, people are increasingly checking out church online before they decide to even come to it. And not just once, many times. People can follow a particular church for up to six months or more before deciding to come along for a worship service. So in that sense, a good online presence is actually the front door to the church through which people come in rather than the back door of the church through which people leave. That's truth. But thirdly and crucially, people are genuinely hungry for a deep sense of community. And most people know this involves face-to-face -face engagement rather than virtual engagement through a screen. You see, building community together on the values of Jesus, that's what we need to do. And community only becomes real when we share our lives together, when we meet together, when we talk together, when we laugh together, we cry together, when we share meals and stories and concerns and celebrations. That depth of community can be supported by good use of social media, but it can never be replaced by it. Because I've already said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God came down to earth in Jesus and gathered the real-time community around himself as he interacted face-to-face -face with human communities. That's what we have to do. You've got to interact with people face to face. No amount of social media usage can develop that type of meaningful community. People need to know that the church is there for them. Just as you need to know this morning, it's there for you. People need to know that God cares for them. And so do we. 
We need to shoot. If we're only in contact with the community for one hour on a Sunday, then there's little sense in which we're showing people that we really do care. How much better it is to create daily opportunities to interact with people and to remind them that Chaldine Community Church is here and active and we are developing our community. The church is growing. That's what we want to see. That's what we need to be doing. Becoming active and developing people out there who are searching for answers to life. But one thing for sure, the world has changed dramatically since the invention of the internet in 1990. Still, less than 30 years ago, and the internet is not going away anytime soon. The world has moved away from the idea that the only way to find out about the Christian faith is to go to a local building that is open for a set few hours each week. God is open for business 24-7. He always has been, of course. But the digital world has made that an even greater reality for millions and millions of people. And the church will neglect this at its own peril. So I'm asking you this morning, where are you? Where are you at? We're all about building positive relationships in the community with one another and building community together on the values of Jesus. That's always been God's mission for you and for me. And it's been expressed most clearly through the word, made flesh and dwelling amongst us. And as we seek to build that faith community, we need to see social media as our friend and not our enemy. We need to embrace technological advances for the positive benefits that they can bring, not fearing the negative. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God embraced human culture to show us how much he loves us as a family, as individuals. And as we seek to share God's love with others, what a great opportunity to do so through social media. Not replacing face-to-face -face community, but enhancing it. Let's do all we can to dwell amongst our community, sharing the love of God with everyone. What can you do? in your work setting, to minister and witness to those around you. I want you to be encouraged this morning to go out there and make an impact. I want you to make and create your own impact list. List the people with whom you work that you're prayer for and begin praying for them each day and every day. Begin each day by consecrating your workplace in Christ's hands. Dedicate it as a sanctuary to God. That's what I want you to do. Holy place where God is present and God can work anywhere and everywhere 24-7. And then each day, look for opportunities to minister, to serve, to help, to offer assistance. Because there are many people out there who need to hear the good news. But God loves them and God cares for them. 
God wants a relationship with them. You see, we may not be able to do everything, but surely we can do something. We've all been called by God and made for a mission. You've heard that over the last five weeks. We may not be able to do everything, but we can do something. We've all been called by God and made for a mission. What if every one of us simply had the attitude of one more? One more. Oh, what a great experience that would be. Jesus, would you use me to reach just one more person? I want us all to be saying that and praying that this morning. Jesus, would you use me to reach just one more person? If we all did that, we'd double as a church immediately. And so many lives would be impacted. Listen, I wanted to take this message on board. And I wanted to make an impact. That's my aim. Before I come to the end of my time here on this earth, on this planet of ours, I just want to be able to say, Lord, I made an impact. But it was because of you. You give me all the gifts and all the talents that I have. Lord, don't make me waste them. Let me bring others to you. So that's the message this morning. We've all been made for this mission to go into the world and bring others to Christ. So I thank you for listening this morning. And I ask that you take everything on board and ask God to give you everything you need to be an impactor and not a distractor. Amen.